It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Hey, welcome to the show. It is September 3rd. Anything going on? Everybody's really interested in voter fraud today for some reason. <laughs> I'll get to that. Uh, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. And thank you to folks like Phil, Matt, Jason, Marlene, Jenny and Sean, Rhonda, Susan, Mike, Grace, and Lisbeth. Thank you for all the support. I could not do the program without you guys. And uh, like quite literally, when I first started up the podcast, uh, it was essentially crowdfunding that uh, allowed me to purchase the mixing board. So uh, the podcast has been going very well ever since. So thanks so much for everybody for the support. Yes, Donald Trump was in North Carolina yesterday, and he made what I would consider to be inflammatory, reckless, and dangerous comments. Um, I am, And people say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Donald Trump would say that. And I usually respond, as I did yesterday, with, really? You can't believe he would? Because I've been watching this guy for a long time, and come on, people. <laughs> Right? This isn't this is not new. Every anybody who pretends to be shocked at stuff Donald Trump says, like I I really I seriously question your ability to adapt to new information. I'm not saying you have to be okay with it. I'm just saying you can't be surprised anymore. Is it okay, so show of hands here. Is anybody surprised that Donald Trump might not know about what particular laws might apply when it comes to absentee balloting in North Carolina? Anybody think he's a he's an expert in this field? <laughs> the guy who wasn't a politician, never ran for any office before, right? Uh the guy who would just give money to politicians and campaigns. Uh you think he you think he knows all about the the intricacies of ballot law? in North Carolina, because it's different in each state, right? Come on, people. <laughs> so now I can hold this opinion about what Trump said, that it was uh, ignorant and it was dangerous. Uh, but I can also point out that there seem to be a lot of people who have spent a very long time telling me that vote fraud really doesn't exist, who are now all of a sudden very, very concerned about how easy it is to commit vote fraud. <laughs> If it is, right, but like for people like me who have been arguing for various reforms to protect the integrity of elections, and what do we usually get labeled as racist? I know it doesn't make any sense, but racist, you're a racist, you're trying to suppress African American votes, which I have always thought was kind of a racisty allegation because you're assuming that the color of somebody's skin prohibits them from getting an ID, for example. I've never understood that, uh, but that is their argument. I don't pick it for them. They pick their argument. Of course, they don't get the kind of, uh, you know, assumption of worst motive type of coverage that people on the right get. But if they did get that kind of coverage, I would be curious to know how they respond to that, because it really is it really is an interesting window into the mindset. Uh, at any rate, a lot of people are very concerned now that Donald Trump is advocating felony vote fraud. So let's take a listen to what Donald Trump said 
at this event, he landed, he, he does these, uh, so they, they land the chopper or the plane, whatever, and he goes out onto the tarmac, and there are a bunch of people that are uh, there to greet him, and uh, he pulls up the My Little Microphone, and he just starts riffing, you know? It's sort of a preview of what he's going to say when he gets to whatever uh, campaign stop he gets to. But in this case, yesterday, he took a question, I think this came from WECT, uh, a reporter from that TV station, North Carolina TV station, and uh, he was asked about absentee voting in the state, and here is what he said. On your uh, ballots, if you get the unsolicited ballots, send it in, and then go make sure it counted, and if it doesn't tabulate, you vote. So that's an important sentence, I think, don't you think? That's an important sentence. Is he advocating felony voting right here? Let's take a listen again. On your uh, ballots, if you get the unsolicited ballots, send it in. Okay, so if you get an unsolicited ballot, what is an unsolicited ballot? This is the mail-in balloting or all-mail voting that people are, people on the left, are demanding that every state enact and even, you know, the, like Congress at the national level, Democrats were saying, maybe we should force all the states to do this. This all-mail or mail-in voting, uh, this, these are unsolicited ballots. And that is different, by the way, than what we have in North Carolina. North Carolina has absentee ballots. These are ballots that are solicited. So like I did last time uh, for the uh, for the uh, primary in the North Carolina 11th Congressional District uh, in the Republican primary, I voted in person in the primary. But then with the covid stuff, I said, well, I'll do the runoff absentee. And so I did that absentee. And so I sent a request to the Board of Elections saying, hey, can I get a ballot, an absentee ballot? I don't need to offer up any kind of an excuse because North Carolina is what's called a no excuse absentee ballot state. And so I'm allowed to just no excuse, ask for an absentee ballot, and they send it to me. And they did. I filled it out. You had to have either two witnesses uh, to the signing and filling out of the ballot um, or a notary public. And so luckily I know a notary public and I just had them do it uh, while I fill, after I filled out the ballot or as I filled out the ballot, where you're supposed to stand close enough to see that they are filling it out themselves, but far enough away where you're not monitoring who they're voting for. So, <laughs> so because you got to have, uh, and by the way, this, um, this two witness requirement has now been reduced for this election because of the coronavirus. They've taken it down to one witness. Okay. Uh, and so you sign, you, you fill it out, you, you sign the ballot, you have the witness sign the ballot, and then you mail it in. That is a solicited absentee ballot. In North Carolina, we do not have unsolicited mail-in or all-mail voting. We do not have that because under that method, which is in play, is that is in use in what five states? Oregon, I think, being the oldest. A couple others, well, four others. So five total states use this, where they basically just mail the ballots to every voter that's on the roll. Whether or not the address is still the correct address doesn't matter. They just send them all out. This is an obvious problem. Anybody who follows this stuff recognizes the problems with this method because people move a lot. And when, I mean, I still get mail at my place for the previous owner. We, and I can only imagine the mail that was supposed to have gone to me that's actually ended up to some other place. You're relying on the posts, uh, the post office, the postal service, to run this election, basically, to deliver all of the ballots under an all-mail-in system. And 
Uh, first off, you get the Board of Elections sending out the ballots that are going to old addresses that are obviously old addresses. They they can't. North Carolina was cited for not being able to clean up its rolls, its voter rolls, in a timely fashion. Right? There are tens of thousands of people that are on the rolls at any given time that don't live here. They're no longer alive, and you're just going to send all those ballots out. That's the plan. That's what mail-in balloting or all-mail voting, that's that's that method. And then they just, what, assume that whoever gets the ballot at, at, the new, at this address where, you know, I used to live, and oh, here comes Pete's ballot, and the new occupant will just say, well, I shouldn't mail this back in because I don't want to affect the outcome of an election. Oh, and by the way, folks, as elections become more and more pivotal, and influential in people's daily lives when they feel like they have to vote as if their life depends on it because it does. Uh, they have to vote as if the future of the country depends on it because it does. When you heighten the uh, risk reward quotient, you're going to have people that are now going to take more steps or maybe act in ways they might not otherwise act because it is so important. It's one of the, and you could say that that's fine. That everybody should be voting. However, when you are, you know, assessing risk and reward, and as I like to call it, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is it to risk a class H felony, which is a very, very low felony, and chances are you're not going to get caught, and chances are if you do get caught, you're not going to get prosecuted for it. And if you do get prosecuted for it, chances are you're going to be able to issue or uh, enter a plea agreement. And if you enter a plea agreement, chances are it's not even going to be that bad. So is the juice worth the squeeze? And if you believe that the the future of the free world literally depends on somebody losing an election, you might say that that juice is worth the squeeze for you, right? This is the problem when you don't enforce the laws that you pass. Simply having a law on the book doesn't make it a deterrent. Simply having it doesn't make it a deterrent. It has to be enforced. And if everybody knows that it's not really enforced, it's not really effective. Anyway, I know I'm off on a rant here. I understand that. Um, Speaking of uh, wrong addresses, if you're at the wrong address right now and you want to get a better address or a different address and you need to sell your home, then call Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. They'll get your home sold quickly and for more money. Uh, She outsells 99% of the real estate agents in the state of North Carolina. And she's the only agent that I would call if I were selling a house. Uh, I'm not selling a house, though. Uh, We're actually buying a house, and so we're using Rowena and her team to uh, help us buy a house. So I recommend them. That's who I use. Rowena Patton, her phone number, 333-4483. That's 333-4483. The website is mountainhomehunt.com. Give her a call, and then, well, start packing. Okay, so back to Trump's comments here. The first part of his statement, and here's, let me just take another, take this opportunity to express my uh frustration with the way Donald Trump speaks in word salad makes it very difficult i ran into this problem arguing with people during the 2016 primary because i was anti trump and i was arguing against people like what does he mean and remember there was a quote that came out where oh pete you're taking him literally not seriously which is another way to say i understand what he means even if he doesn't say it and I just, I, I don't find that to be particularly persuasive. If you want to be uh, understood, I think it's incumbent upon you to make yourself understood. 
of course, I say that as a professional communicator who is often misunderstood. Like that's right. It's just people hear a lot of times what they want to hear. But I sit and listen to these comments and I rewind them and I listen again. I rewind them and listen again. And sometimes he says stuff and I still don't know what he's talking about. But this sentence here that he starts off his comments with seems pretty clear. And by the way, some of the media that's reporting like his comments where he appears to encourage voters to vote twice. That's the way it's being framed. He appears to encourage voters to vote twice. The, the reason, And then they're getting attacked. These reporters are being attacked. Like, it, it does more than appear. He's literally saying it. Okay, well, okay, technically, if you listen to the soundbite, he's not literally saying vote twice. He's not literally saying that. And I know this is going to be like, oh, you're just defending Trump. You're just a Trumper. As I just mentioned, I spent 2016 railing against Donald Trump. Um... The things I said about anyway, the the point here is that if you listen to what he's actually saying, he's not actually saying to vote twice on your uh, ballots. If you get the unsolicited ballots, send it in and then go make sure it counted. And if it doesn't tabulate, you vote. So first off, we don't have these unsolicited, although you may have gotten some in the mail by now. Some organizations, including, I think, the Republican Party, they're mailing these things out. Okay, and they're saying, you know, mail they're mailing out either like these mailers that look like ballots or they're mailing out request forms. They're mailing out absentee ballot request forms to voters, knowing that if you uh, get one in the mail and it says, hey, send this to the Board of Elections to get your ballot, people will do that. It's a lot easier for people to do that rather than go to the Board of Elections website and uh, request it themselves because people are lazy. Right. People are lazy and they're not interested in actually taking the steps required to be uh, a participant in this uh, republic. And so you just got to make it really, 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 really easy for somebody to check the box and cancel your vote (laughs) where you've spent lots of time researching. It's one of the things that really drives me nuts. It really is like they're like. I watch my wife and she's, you know, God bless her. Christy is going through and, and she's doing all this research on all these candidates and I mean, yes, she does ask me for input and I would offer it up sometimes unsolicited. True. But I, I, you know, we talk about this, but she's doing all of her own research on every candidate. Like the last time I think she did, it was like 80 pages of research that she did for every candidate in every race on the ballot. And I'm like, oh, that's just a lot of work. And for all of the work that she's doing, she gets kind of frustrated after the election because the people she votes for don't win. <laughs> and so, again, like the amount of time she spends doing the research, knowing on the other side of that equation, there's somebody who does zero research and literally walks into the place, casts a ballot, and cancels every one of her votes out. Right? Which one would you prefer as a member of the society? Right. Like this is being a good citizen. But anyway, I digress. Like, uh, yes, I am of the opinion that making it so easy to vote is sometimes counterproductive to a healthy society. But uh, that's a different topic. Anyway, so President Trump, first off, he's saying these unsolicited ballots, which we don't have in North Carolina. You're not getting ballots in the mail. You will get something that might look like a ballot. You will get a ballot, an absentee ballot request form, but you're not getting actual mail in ballots. Okay. So what he's saying there is, if you get them, fill it out and send it in. But then what does he say? Make sure you track it, right? Track it to make sure it gets tabulated. Listen again. On your uh, ballots, if you get the unsolicited ballots, send it in 
and then go make sure it counted. And if it doesn't tabulate, you vote. If it doesn't tabulate, you vote. That's what he's saying. Does that sound like he's saying vote twice? No, he's saying vote in this ballot process. But if if it doesn't tabulate, that means something happened. That means something happened to the ballot. And the left wants to pretend that nothing could ever happen. No, that's insane. The media would, or the the Postal Service would never, sorry, isn't it 40 and slip right there, right? No, the Postal Service would never lose some ballots. No, it's so important. I mean, this is the foundation of our democracy. And so, of course, the Postal Service would never lose ballots. Except when they do, of course, right? Except when they do. And by the way, folks, they do. The Postal Service loses stuff all the time, including ballots. Yeah, there are tons of examples. I have some. We'll get to them. So let me finish the rest of this quote, because I've only played eight of the 45 seconds. So here's, uh, he, so Trump continues. You just vote. And then if they tabulated very late, which they shouldn't be doing, they'll see you voted, and so it won't count. So so he's saying if, they, if you show up after you've already got a uh, ballot that's been logged, right, and then you vote again, they'll throw out one of those votes. So if you if you mailed in a ballot and you on election day see that it still hasn't been tabulated, that you're not in North Carolina, you can find that out. You go to the website, you go to the State Board of Elections website, and it'll show that you voted, not show how you voted, but just that you voted absentee. And if that doesn't show up, then you know something happened to your ballot. And he's saying, go vote and then let the Board of Elections figure it out afterwards. Is this really beyond the pale here? What he's saying? Again, I'm trying to be the Trump whisperer the translator here, but this is actually pretty coherent what he's saying so far, right? Send in the ballot, make sure it gets tabulated, then go to vote in person if it hasn't been tabulated when you go on election day. This is a failsafe. He's saying, make sure, don't just mail it in and just assume that it got to where it was supposed to go because the postal service, right? right? And, and after election day, it's going to be too late. You're not going to be able to. And by the way, there is a cutoff for absentee ballots in North Carolina. You have to send them by a certain date. Okay. Um, And I'll be honest with you. When I did my absentee ballot, I did not go back and check to make sure that it got there. I just did before when I was doing the story, I pulled it up and said, okay, yeah, it got there. Uh, But if it hadn't, if it like, if I had pulled it up this morning and looked at it and it was not there, what, what, what's my recourse there? Oh, no, somebody swiped my ballot and it never got counted. Oh, well, right? That's that's all I have. Something else. The campaigns in North Carolina, political parties, they know how people are voting. Not 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 for which races and like who's uh, the candidates who are ahead. Uh, they, they know or they know rather who has voted and how, whether it's, you know, early voting, whether it's absentee by mail. So when you fill out the absentee by mail and it goes in, they know how much uh, how many people have gone in and they can see when you go like early voting for example if i show up if early voting is running like 3 weeks and i show up on week 1 uh they know that and so then they stop calling me in fact when barack obama used this information in his campaign used this information in north carolina he was touted as brilliant and the strategy was was brilliant Look at this. They, they keep calling and calling and calling people, get out to vote, get out to vote, get out to vote. And as soon as that person goes to early voting, the calls stop. That's how brilliant they are, right? What a way to harness the technology. Now, not every state, by the way, 
uh, gives that kind of information out, but North Carolina does. So you can figure out, campaigns know who goes to vote, when they go to vote, and then they can stop wasting resources trying to get out the vote for people who have already gotten out to vote, right? But you can also use it uh, as a way to track whether or not your absentee ballot has gotten to the Board of Elections. Okay, so that's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. Here's the rest of the quote. Send it in early and then go and vote. And if it's not tabulated, you vote. And the vote is going to count. You can't let them take your vote away. These people are playing dirty politics. Dirty politics. So if you have an absentee ballot, or as I call it, a solicited ballot, you send it in. But I would check it in any event. I would go and follow it and go vote. And everybody here wants to vote. We vote. I I would go and follow it and check it. What's he talking about? What's he saying there? Is he saying everybody go vote twice? Or is he saying when you fill out your ballot and send it in, monitor its progress, and if it hasn't gotten there by election day, go go and vote in person? Because there are... Uh, mechanisms in place to catch one or the other. Because if you do mail in your absentee ballot and it never arrives and you vote in person, then the in-person vote's going to count. And then the absentee ballot shows up later. But it won't count at that point. So what is he actually saying? I'm going to re-rack it. Let's take a listen. On your uh, ballots, if you get the unsolicited ballots, send it in and then go make sure it counted. And if it doesn't tabulate, you vote. You just vote. And then if they tabulate it very late, which they shouldn't be doing, they'll see you voted, and so it won't count. So send it in early, and then go and vote. And if it's not tabulated, you vote. And the vote is going to count. You can't let them take your vote away. These people are playing dirty politics. Dirty politics. So if you have an absentee ballot, or as I call it, a solicited ballot, You send it in, but I would check it in any event. I would go and follow it and go vote. And everybody here wants to vote. We vote. And so now this is being, uh, this is deemed to be, by media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, this, this is deemed to be a solicitation by Donald Trump, an encouragement of his voters to commit vote fraud and vote twice. Do you get the feeling that sometimes... He says these things that sound word salad like specifically to get this kind of reaction from people. Like, honestly, in my view, what he did say, reckless, because it allows for this confusion to occur. Okay, but I understand what he's saying. If I just listen to what he's saying, I understand what he means there. He's not advocating people commit vote fraud. He's advocating people make sure that there is no vote fraud. But in the leftist mind, like that becomes he's advocating vote fraud. That doesn't mean what he said is isn't dangerous and reckless. It kind of is right, because he's leaving this open to misinterpretation and he shouldn't be. But on the other hand, when he does, it allows the people who are so deranged and triggered by everything he says to just immediately run down this path of the worst possible understanding or interpretation of what he said. This is like the Charlottesville thing. Many people, uh, good people on both sides. Like to this day, there are people on the left that believe he he called the neo-Nazis good people on that side. To this day, they believe that. 
Even though the transcript is available, you can actually go read the transcript and see that he did not say that. They don't care. They don't care. And if they do care, when you give it to them, they refuse to read it. Much like they're going to refuse to read this. They're going to, they, they see and hear this. Well, here's Josh Stein. He is the attorney general of the state of North Carolina. He's a partisan Democrat hack. And he said, today, President Trump outrageously encouraged North Carolinians to break the law in order to help him sow chaos in our election. That's not what he did. He says, make sure you vote, but do not vote twice. I will do everything in my power to make sure the will of the people is upheld in November. So here again, they're accusing Trump of trying to steal the election. They believe Trump is going to steal the election, and why? Because they believe he already did. By the way, Democrats, a lot of them believe that every Republican has stolen the presidential election, going back to George W. Bush. For real. They don't believe Republicans can win, and but for the Electoral College, Republicans probably wouldn't win, right? Because of the Electoral College, they win the electoral vote, which is what the race is for. It's not a national popular vote. It is every state voting for president on the same day. And the Electoral College and those electors determine who wins. And for some reason, Democrats think it should be something else, or it has been something else, so anytime their person wins the popular vote but loses the Electoral College, they say that it was stolen. Or or they claim there was outright fraud, like the hanging chads in Florida, uh, the uh, the Diebold machines in 2004, Diebold, Diebold, whatever. Uh, we talked with David Harsanyi from National Review about all of these conspiracy theories on the left that, that never get called out as conspiracy theories. Look at I me. Mean, the Russia collusion thing is still going on to this day. There are people that think Trump is an operative of Vladimir Putin. It, it, it's insanity. And they don't get treated like they're insane. They don't get treated like QAnon supporters, right? Why is that? We all know why that is. We all know why that is. Just like we all know that if you are trying to disinfect and sanitize your workplace or your home or your properties that you might manage or uh, like childcare facility or church or school, daycare, then you need the Karcher misting system. This is, I call it a system, but it's basically the size of a shop vac. And you get this at General Equipment Rental. And you roll it around. It's got four wheels. You roll it all around, and it's cordless. It has a wand, and you spray everything down, and it has this vital oxide disinfectant, which is safe for kids and pets, food contact surfaces. So that includes your countertops and cookware and appliances and dishware. So you don't have to rinse anything afterwards because it's non-toxic. It's hypoallergenic. It is colorless, odorless, and 100% biodegradable. This is an all-in-one, hospital-grade, EPA-approved germicidal disinfectant sanitizer and deodorizer this stuff kills 99.9 percent of infection causing bacteria and viruses including the coronavirus uh, as well as h1n1 influenza b the norovirus uh, e coli mrsa uh, it also uh, knocks out mold and mildew and fungi so if uh, by the way if you're running like a cruise ship you need some of these things Get them, get them at General Equipment Rental, although I'm not really sure there are a lot of cruise lines in Weaverville where General Equipment Rental is, but maybe. General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com is their website. They are located at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road in Weaverville, family-owned and operated for three generations, meaning all of your equipment rental needs. Uh, General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com, and if you go to generalrents.com slash Pete, get a coupon for two free cloth face coverings. All right, generalrents.com slash Pete. Think outside your toolbox. So 
the U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr, just by coincidence, happened to be booked apparently on CNN, and he goes on with Wolf Blitzer. So this was yesterday, and this was after President Trump made his comments that you just heard about uh, going to vote. Here is what Attorney General Bill Barr had to say in the interview with Wolf Blitzer. This is a, you know, sort of cheap talk to get around the fundamental problem, which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there and until this administration, no, well, sorry, they haven't proved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> and since this, since that time, there've been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected he ma- from people who ha- could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay? Because that kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, are, and everyone knows but that. But there are individuals, uh, cases, but as far as widespread fraud, we haven't seen that since... Uh, well, we, have, we haven't had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now, by the way, let me just stop momentarily here, because Wolf Blitzer's premise is faulty. He's saying we haven't seen widespread fraud. First off, Bill Barr just literally gave you an example of what I would deem to be widespread fraud. When one person fills out 1,700 ballots... I would submit that classifies as widespread. That's just me. Maybe I have a different definition of widespread, but seems to me like that would fit the bill. You don't need multiple people to commit the fraud to make it widespread fraud. You just need multiple ballots, right? That's what you need. This is one of the things that the left always gets hung up on is uh, when it comes to like voter ID and election integrity. They're like, oh, there's not widespread. It's not happening all over the place. Right. But knowing that one person, two people can affect dozens of ballots, hundreds of ballots, or in this case, that guy, 1700 ballots. Right. One person can do a lot of damage. And in tight races, it doesn't even take that much. There are some races that are decided by fewer than that 1700 vote margin. Right. So I would submit, first off, that there was an example, at least right then and there, of widespread vote fraud. That's the first thing. The other thing is that if you don't go looking for it, you definitely are not going to find it. And frankly, nobody really goes to look for this stuff. They don't. Because the people who have to go look for it are usually political elected officials. DAs, right? And, uh, uh, prosecutors and such. Um, if they get some sort of charge... They, a lot of times these are these are elected positions, and so they get some uh, they they get some accusation. Now they're going to have to investigate. And when you start looking, what are you going to find? What are you going to find? Can you limit this kind of? Um, uh, can you limit the fallout to only your political adversaries? The whole thing becomes political. And if you're a DA and you're trying to run for re-election, and some of your allies and people that have helped them, maybe they get caught up in this. But here's the other thing, too. The candidates very rarely know about the uh, machinery that's at work behind the scenes. Okay? It's plausible deniability. A lot of times they have no idea 
the the way that these operatives are working in order to get the ballots and the votes that the uh, elect that the can- the candidate needs, and that's by design. You don't want that person to have any kind of connection to the operation that was going on. Now, that's obviously a little bit more difficult in a smaller race, in a smaller jurisdiction, but um, this idea that, well, we don't have a lot of prosecutions, so therefore it's not widespread. Knowing, as I just mentioned, the political nature of DA offices, but also the juice really isn't worth the squeeze on a lot of this stuff. In North Carolina, it's a Class H felony, which is, oh, it's a felony, oh my gosh, right, but it's like... Was it Jay Delancey from the Voter Integrity Project? He would always say that uh, it's a lower penalty, it's a lower charge than stealing pine straw in this state. Like, do you think that that's going to take up a lot of attention for a prosecutor? Do you think prosecutors who are already like overwhelmed with violent crime going on in, say, Charlotte, for example, do you think they're going to spend a whole lot of time uh, investigating? Somebody who's running a, a, a ballot mill where they're, you know, and by the way, that's the other thing. Where do you get the evidence for this stuff? It's very difficult to prove this. And all you have to do is walk in and say, oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Well, ignorance is no excuse under the law. No, it's not an excuse, but it does make the case a little bit harder to prove to a jury. And uh, it makes it less likely that it's even going to go to a jury because the DA knows, do I want to spend all my time going to a jury trial for a class H felony for somebody who uh, voted when they weren't supposed to vote or somebody who voted two or three times when they weren't supposed to? Is it really worth it? How about I just plead them down? Put them on probation, and that's it. Like, those are the risks. Like, that's the realistic penalty, is you're not going to get caught, or if you do get caught, you're probably not going to face any kind of jail time, let alone um, any kind of long-term repercussions. So, yeah, it's just, it's not it's not worth a lot of their time. Okay, so just uh, back to Bill Barr here on uh, CNN uh, with Wolf Blitzer. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. Right. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this. Right. In, in municipal elections. And... Uh, People who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, occup- the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera- several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But you- so far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point there's is, there's a lot of us. Th- uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, state this like is Utah. playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. I agree. If you wanted to do all of this, then put those wheels in motion before you're telling me that, oh, my God, we got to vote out Trump or the world is going to end. When you raise the stakes that high, it kind of sends this message to me, at least, that you're almost willing to do anything. And then, oh, my gosh, there's a pandemic. We should totally make it easy for everybody to vote. We'll just send out ballots to everybody. You know how many addresses that like pop up for me? I have moved a lot. I've worked in radio. I have moved a lot in my life. <laughs> And usually within the state of North Carolina, there are a bunch of addresses for me. I wonder who gets my ballot. 
when they mail them all in and who gets to who gets to vote for me right oh no no i'm sure that uh, i'm sure it'll all be caught on the back end by a completely not overworked overstressed and underfunded board of elections right sure that wouldn't happen not at all Now more than ever, you need old Grouch's military surplus there in downtown Clyde. He's got an expanded line of first aid kits and medical supplies for all kinds of emergencies, from scrapes to gunshot wounds. They have step-by-step instructions that anybody can follow. Body armor, all kinds, made to NATO specifications. These are for in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. He has face masks that are made locally by a disabled veteran family. They're made out of military parachutes, so they are lightweight and soft. He has steel gas cans, the pre-band kind, the old-school ones, the good ones. And he has tons of real U.S. military surplus. For more than three decades, Old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. And at oldgrouch.com. That's oldgrouch.com. The State Board of Elections in North Carolina, their website says if somebody has voted by absentee ballot and then shows up to vote in person, the check-in system will alert the poll worker that the person has already voted. So what is Donald Trump actually doing? (laughs) What is he actually saying here? Again, I am under no illusion that Donald Trump knows all of the rules of North Carolina balloting and election processes. However, uh, covering elections in North Carolina for more than two decades, I can tell you that when you go to vote in person, if you have already voted, chances are they're going to flag that as, hey, you already voted. Now, if you're like, adamant i did not vote somebody voted in my name i don't know somebody committed fraud or whatever then you will get a provisional ballot and that'll be counted separately after the fact and they count those after election night they add up all the provisionals and sometimes that does affect the outcome of a close race i mean i saw it happen down in mecklenburg county there was a it was he was the former chairman parks helms mecklenburg county commission board chairman and he thought he lost and then in come all the provisionals, and he wins. Well, he comes in like third. He, he, keeps, a, he keeps a seat. Um, but he was out of the top three, not vote-getters, but votainers. He was out of the top three, and he had already called. Like, I interviewed him, and he did this concession speech, right? He told me that his wife was very happy. He was going to be spending more time with his wife, Eleanor. He was very excited. She was very excited. Um, and then... An hour or two goes by and all the provisionals get counted or something. And now he's now he's back up at the third place or second place or something. Republicans were livid, livid over this. So this kind of stuff does happen. But the Board of Elections has a process that theoretically, right, and in practice, usually catches somebody if they're trying to vote again. And if you are trying to vote again and they tell you, no, you sent in an absentee ballot and you're like, "Okay, good, you got it. I'm out. Is that an attempt to vote twice? Is that? Is that a felony? Who would charge somebody in that scenario? Like, honestly. But you got the attorney general saying, you know, how dare him encourage people to break the law? Is he encouraging people to actually break the law and vote twice? Or did he just, as we heard the audio, did he encourage people to vote by mail, follow it, track it, and then if it hasn't turned up by election day, then go down and vote? And if the Board of Elections at the polling station says, hey, you've already voted absentee, we've got it right here, then you don't have to worry about it. You know they got it. That's what he's saying. But if they don't have it, that means it got lost in the mail. And if it got lost in the mail, then what? Then you vote. That's what he's That's what he's advocating. But I swear, Trump has broken so many people here. 
I can't believe I'm having to explain this stuff. I can't believe of all people on this planet, me, I have become the Trump translator. Like, we're through the looking glass here, people, okay? It, meanwhile, in a related story, the New York Post with this exclusive, a top Democratic operative says voter fraud, especially with mail-in ballots, is no myth. And he knows this because he's been doing it on a grand scale for decades. The political insider who spoke on condition of anonymity because he fears prosecution said that fraud is more the rule than the exception. His dirty work has taken him through the weeds of municipal and federal elections in Patterson, New Jersey, Atlantic City, Camden, Newark, Hoboken, and Hudson County, and his fingerprints can be found in local legislative, mayoral, and congressional races across the Garden State. Some of the biggest names and highest office holders in New Jersey have benefited from his tricks, according to campaign records that the Post reviewed. An election that is swayed, this is a direct quote from the guy, an election that is swayed by 500 votes or 1,000 votes, yeah, I can make a difference. It could be enough to flip states, entire states. The whistleblower, whose identity, rap sheet, and long history working as a consultant to various campaigns have all been confirmed by the Post. He says he has not only changed ballots himself over the years, but has led teams of fraudsters and mentored at least 20 operatives in New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania, which, by the way, is a critical 2020 swing state. There is no race in New Jersey from city council to U.S. Senate that we haven't worked on, he said. So who is this guy? We don't know. We just know that he's some sort of a consultant guy. He's uh, has worked for Democratic campaigns for 20 years. He calls himself a Bernie Sanders diehard with no horse in the presidential race. He said he felt compelled to come forward in the hope that states would act now to fix the glaring security problems present in mail-in ballots. Quote, this is a real thing. And there is going to be a bleepin' war coming November 3rd over this stuff. If they knew how the sausage was made, they could fix it. Now, remember what happened when Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest put out a video explaining how people commit fraud in elections? Because remember, at the time he put the video out, there was this, um, they were, it was arguing over voter ID. There was this big argument in North Carolina. Still is, right? Because the Democrats do not want voter ID. And... Dan Forrest puts out this video showing, like, this is how you run this kind of an operation. And the Democrats are like, oh, my gosh, he's telling people how to vote for how to commit vote fraud. I can't believe it. I can. Like, I, yeah, you need to alert people as to how this racket operates because people think it, it's impossible and it's not. I understand that it's confusing for people who don't pay any attention to the rules or election cycles and politics and all this stuff. Like it gets really into the weeds, right? And there's, there are these dates and the, it's written in that, you know, lawyer statute speak. And so it's, it, it's tough to follow. But once you know the rules, you know how to break them and you know the way around them. And that's what Dan Forrest was outlining in that video. And I guess it probably maybe hit a little too close for home for some folks because uh, when he put it out, everybody pretended, at least in the Democratic Party, they pretended like they had no idea how any of this stuff works. Like, and that's just that's just not true. It's just not true. Um, okay, well, maybe there were some of the people that were, that were outraged that were naive. Maybe they were ignorant. 
Oh, yeah, that's possible. <laughs> Maybe they didn't know. But I guarantee you, people who work on campaigns in both parties know how this stuff works, okay? The ballot has no... This is up in New Jersey where this guy operates. The ballot there has no specific security features, like a stamp or a watermark. So he would just make his own ballots. Quote, I just put the ballot through the copy machine and it came out the same way. The return envelopes... Those are more secure than the ballot. You could never recreate the envelope, he says. So those had to be collected from real voters. So think about this. How do you go about getting the ballot with the envelope and, you know, ballot inside the envelope, knowing that you can recreate a ballot that's inside, but you have an envelope that cannot be recreated. So what do you do? First off, I'll tell you what you do. If you need a new mattress, you go to Mattress Man. That's what I did like eight years ago. Christy and I, we went to Mattress Man and we got ourselves a king-sized memory foam mattress. And yes, we got a great deal on it. And you can too at Mattress Man. They've got the triple zero deal going on. Zero down, zero interest for two years, zero payments for three months. It's basically almost like a free bed for you, right? I mean, like, well, you're not paying for it for three months. No interest for two years and no money down on these things. And they're fantastic mattresses. Uh, now, maybe you want a traditional inner spring mattress. They have all of those. They have pocketed springs. They've got pillow tops and natural latex mattresses. They've got uh, adjustable base uh, uh, frames for beds so you can raise your head and uh, you know watch TV easier. Okay, yes, it also reduces snoring. Uh, there is a health benefit to it as well. You can raise your feet as well. That helps in circulation. Um they're giving away free bedding bundles with select mattresses, the purchase of select mattresses. This bedding bundle includes sheets, protector, and pillows. Um, they've got a deal right now, $3.99 for a Queen Gel Memory Foam mattress. So Queen Gel Memory Foam. So not just memory foam and not just gel, it's both. They also have the Biltmore line. This is by Restonic. They're made in Fayetteville. These are the mattresses at the Biltmore. A 120-day comfort guarantee, five-star local delivery service. They ship nationwide. Go to mattressmanstores.com, check out their inventory, or go to one of their four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. That's mattressmanstores.com, and experience the difference for yourself. Mattressmanstores.com, buy local, and sleep better. So this, uh, the name of this article, by the way, is called Confessions of a Voter Fraud. I was a master at fixing mail-in ballots, and it is available. It's at the New York Post. I've got a direct link at the Pete Callender page on uh, Patreon. So if you're a patron, you get access to all of the, the prep notes and all of the links to all the stories that I cover. Uh, so the ballot has no specific security features, but the envelope that you mail the ballot in that does. So what do you do to get at the ballot inside the envelope? So he says, um, I would have my operatives fan out going house to house and convince voters to let them mail the completed ballots on their behalf as a public service. Does any of that sound familiar? Folks down in the 9th Congressional District circa, or uh, uh, around uh, Bladen County, any of this sound familiar to you guys down there? Robison County? This was the ballot harvesting operation that McCray Dowless was running for the Mark Harris campaign. 
And by the way, it's also the nature of the ballot harvesting operation that the Bladen County Improvement Association is allegedly running and has been running for decades down there as well. You go to the people's houses, you say, hey, uh, have you requested your absentee ballot? And they're like, well, no, is there an election coming up? And you're like, yeah, there is. Let me help you. I have a form. You send this off to the Board of Elections. And so they're like, okay, and they send it off. And then you write it down on your book. And then you know that that ballot is going to be coming to them. So you show back up when the ballot's there and say, hey, your ballot has come. Do you need me to mail that for you? Do you need me to get that? Yeah, oh, I'm with the Bladen County Improvement Association, and I will take that ballot right on down to the Board of Elections for you. Oh, you know what? I will mail it for you. No, no, no. You don't have to put it in the envelope. I'll take care of that, too. That's one way to do it. According to this this operative that gave this uh, exclusive to the New York Post, that was one way they did it was that they would say, uh, you know, I will mail it on your behalf and um, you don't even have to seal it. But a lot of voters would seal it anyway. They would be like, no, that's all right. I'm going to lick it and boom, there you go. Now it's now, now you can mail it. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the help. So these this guy and his operatives, uh, they would then take all the sealed envelopes. They would take them home. And you know what they would do? Boil water. And they would hold the envelopes over the boiling water. And anybody who has watched any kind of TV show, I guess, well, maybe not anymore, but this is the way people used to get into sealed envelopes, right? I guess what Gen Xers, we may be the last generation that knows this, but that's what you do. So you open it up, you, you steam it, it loosens the glue, and then you remove the real ballot. You put the fake ballot inside the signed certificate, the outside of that ballot. That's the signed part. And then you reseal it. Five minutes per ballot tops he says now if that's about as much time as you spend on your website then you need schaefer smith okay get in touch with schaefer smith design because great design can solve a lot of your website's problems and while you probably know a lot about your business you might not know a lot about website design and maintenance you want your site to turn up in search results you want it to look professional you want it to be user friendly so call my friend schaefer smith professional services Corporate services, corporate businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs. Schaefer Smith can help you all with graphics and photos and online stores, search engine optimization, website maintenance, security. He also does logos. He did mine for the Pete Callender Show. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. So this insider who told the New York Post how he ran his operation to, uh, to basically commit vote fraud via mail-in votes he says that he would take care not to stuff the fake ballots into just a few public mailboxes too you got to sprinkle them around town you know that way he avoided the attention that a that foiled a sloppy voter fraud operation in patterson new jersey just recently and uh, as part of a a city council race uh there were 900 ballots that were found in three mailboxes that kind of gave it away okay he says if you know they had spread them out into different mailboxes nothing would have happened Uh, He said, sometimes postal employees are in on the scam. Quote, you have a postman who is a rabid anti-Trumper and he's working in, you know, Bedminster or some Republican stronghold. Well, he can take those filled out ballots and knowing 95 percent are going to go to a Republican. He could just throw those in the garbage. In some cases, mail carriers were members of his work crew and they would sift ballots from the mail and hand them over to this operative. But yeah, we should totally rely on the Postal Service for all of the mail-in voting, don't you think? How about assisted living facilities that where people these operatives would go in and help elderly people fill in their ballots? 
Sometimes, he says, we would have nurses that were paid operatives as well, and they would help in these operations. When all else failed, he said, they, they would send in operatives to vote live in polling stations, particularly in states like New York and New Jersey, which do not require voter ID. Pennsylvania, for the most part, does not either. The best targets were registered voters who routinely skip presidential or municipal elections. That is information publicly available. You give me a name and I can go pull the voter card for anybody in this state and I can find out what their voter history is. And I'll know whether they vote in primaries, I'll know if they vote in municipal races, and I'll know if they vote in presidential races. And when I know their pattern, and by the way, this is what is called uh, A voters, B voters, C voters, right? A voter, I'm an A voter, for example. you It would be very difficult for somebody to vote in, instead of me because I vote in every race. I vote in every election. Every year, I'm voting. Now, there are a lot of people that don't do that, right? B voters are the ones that will show up to vote for the general elections in even numbered years, but they don't really show up for primaries and stuff. C voters, they're like, they'll only show up for like presidential races and that's it. But if you have a pattern of of somebody who comes in and they'll vote for like a a local race and never the presidential race, stuff like that, you can vote for that person. Sure. And they're never going to go and find out. They'll never pull their own voter card to find out if, uh, if somebody has been voting in their stead. He says, you fill out these index cards with that person's name and district, and you go around the city and you say, you're going to be him and you're going to be him. And then they dispatch them throughout the the city. And at the polling place, the fake voter signs in and uh, the imposters would simply recreate the signature that already appears in the voter roll as best they could. And in the rare instance that a real voter had already signed in and cast a ballot, well, the impersonator would just chalk it up to an innocent mistake and leave. They said New Jersey homeless shelters offer a nearly inexhaustible pool of reliable, viable voters. The actual candidate, he said, is usually kept in the dark deliberately so they could maintain plausible deniability. Um, The insider says, this was, uh, I referenced this earlier, that he would bend the corners of the ballots, of the envelopes, so this way their guys on the inside, when they would be counting, because the people who oversee the the counting of the ballots that come in by mail, uh, you usually have a partisan from each camp, so everybody's like watching out for their own camps and stuff. But there were hundreds of ballots that were tossed out in New York City. They found them after the election, but none of this happens, right? That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast and give it a positive review. I appreciate that. Thanks so much for all of your support. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.